Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Mark chapter 1. Uh, we're in a series right now that we've been in called Battle Readies, Volume 1, The Fundamentals. Uh, we've been talking about this every week, but we're in uh, this year kind of this theme that God has called us to be battle ready. The reality is every one of us, we are in a, come on, say it with me, a battle. Like we're, like we're in a battle. The Bible is so explicitly clear. Uh, like I'll just give you some verses in case you need them. 1 Peter 5, 8, John 10, 10, uh, Ephesians 6, 12, uh, something in the book of Genesis that I can't remember where, where it is, but it's in the beginning of the Bible. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, like there's so many scriptures that explicitly tell us there is a real enemy. He's not pretend, he's not fake, he's not a Halloween costume. There is a real enemy, and he's actually after our life. He's after your soul. He doesn't just want to give you a flat tire, make you have a bad day, bad hair day, get dumped on Valentine's Day. No, he's literally, he wants your life. John 10.10 says he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and that every one of us, we are facing we're, we're, we're facing an enemy. There is a really encouraging scripture, uh, hashtag not encouraging at all, where the apostle Paul, uh, I think it's Acts something. Um, it's a really good reference, right? Acts something. Uh, but where Paul is, is encouraging people. And have, has someone ever tried to encourage you before and it's not encouraging at all? Like they're trying to be encouraging and you're like, bro, that's actually making me feel worse about myself. But the apostle Paul, the, these people, they're, they're facing difficulty. And here's his encouragement. I will find the reference, hopefully, in my mind momentarily. But here's what he says. He says, hey, I I just want to strengthen you that we must, someone say must, Must. that we must enter the kingdom through many tribulations. In other words, Paul goes, hey, just let me encourage you, man. You're not alone. This is normal. This is called following Jesus. Jesus. That there's an enemy who is doing everything he can to stop us from faithfully following and fulfilling the call of God that that is on our life. But the good news is greater is he that is in me than he who is against me. And yes, we will face resistance and face an enemy, but God wants us to be more than conquerors, overcomers, to live a victorious life. But here's what the Bible says, and then I promise my introduction is done. The Bible says God's people, that's like you and I, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah, but I, but I love Jesus. Cool. He loves you too. But lack of knowledge, the Bible says, leads to people that are good-hearted, good-intending followers of Jesus actually getting their butt kicked. Why? Because, well, they, they weren't ready. They didn't know how to walk in the ways and the word of God. And so we're in this series, and what we're doing is we're literally just talking every week about a different fundamental Talked about the first week, stirring ourselves up and staying uh, uh, on fire on the inside. Talked about last week, literally renovating our thinking. Uh, By the way, uh, someone told me on Sunday they didn't know this, and I don't know why they would because we don't like advertise it, Uh, but we do have a podcast. And so if you're ever not at church, every sermon we preach, it is on podcast. That's horrifying sometimes because I say things and I'm like, oh God, oh God, I hope their moms and dads don't listen to that. That was, uh, oh God. Uh, so don't tell your mom, kidding, if they're listening, like right now, they're like, like how dare you say that? Uh, we have a podcast, so I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the sermons. But tonight, what I want to talk about, message number three in our fundamental series, is I want to talk about tonight, spending time with God. 
spending time with, with God. Um, th- there's this thing, and uh, it's not like necessarily laid out this way in the Bible, but if you go through scripture, what you can do is you, you can develop what I've heard someone call this before, a theology of place. Someone say place, place. It's a, a, it's a theology or an understanding from the Bible of, of the different places that God has called us to be. And here's three different places. Just throw out the number three so I know you're with me. Come on, throw it out. Number three, all okay, we're good. Here's three different places. The secret place, the gathering place, the public place. There are three places that every single one of us uh, are, are called to. N- number one, it is the secret place. We're gonna talk about it tonight. It is time where we are spent spending alone with God. It's in the secret place where we meet alone with God, and it's here that we cultivate a personal and intimate relationship with God. The gathering place is what we are doing in here tonight. This is the gathering place. It is the gathering of believers. You know, the, 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 the church, ecclesia, that word in the original translation, like if we were just saying it the way they said it, it was the gathering place. They didn't say, let's go to church. They said, it's time for the gathering place. And, and the Bible says this place, someone say this place, is like a really big deal because it's in the gathering place that we come together to encourage one another and build one another up. Did you know the primary reason of us like gathering tonight is not so that you can hear a sermon and that you can like sing songs like Christian karaoke? The primary reason for you being here tonight is because you're on assignment to encourage someone in this room. The, the Bible goes in Hebrews 10 and goes, hey, don't neglect like, the, the gathering place. You got to keep coming together and stirring, poking, prodding, pushing one another towards love and good works. We, 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 we've missed it in our American culture because we think the gathering place is about sitting in rows, listening to sermons and doing Christian karaoke. And that's like a part of our worship. And, and it's very biblical. However, we've missed this whole component that we're actually supposed to be gathering so that we can encourage one another. And then the public place, it's where we go out and are on purpose, living for purpose. So the, the, the public place is anywhere and everywhere that's not here. The public place is your school, your job, the soccer field, Walmart, or Earth Fair, where, wherever you like to shop. Like, the, 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 the public place is everywhere that's not here. And we, we're actually supposed to be going out, and we're supposed to be being used by God to tell people the good news about Jesus and then bring people back into the gathering place so that they can be encouraged with other believers. And, and I, I explained all that to you because here's, here's what I want you to see. The public place doesn't work without the gathering place and the gathering place doesn't work without the secret place. Because you cannot, and we're gonna, we're gonna look at this in a moment in the life of Jesus, you can't come into the gathering place like on mission, just looking, just like, just, just ready to encourage someone, to add value to someone. You can't be available in this place to go like, oh, oh my gosh, what happened this week? and lay hands on someone and pray with them unless you've been in the secret place getting full and having God do do something in your heart. And it is not possible for us to like an army go into the public place 
and effectively be used by God unless we've been strengthened in the gathering place. Like, I don't know why we think we can do things that Jesus like did not instruct us to do. I, I know people are like, yeah, I don't do church anymore, bro. I just do street ministry. What does that mean? Yeah, man, I don't, do, I don't do church anymore. I just go on the streets, man, tell people about God. I literally, I know like five people, this is like their life. I just, I just do street ministry. And that's cool, except for that's not what Jesus did. Remember, Jesus, he had a gathering place. He chose 12 dudes that actually turned into 70 dudes that went with him everywhere they went. And it was in that circle they encouraged and learned and stirred each other up. And then he would send them out. Come on, any, anyone, you know the number? He'd send them out two by two. So, so we actually need the gathering place so we can arm and arm go into our world and reach our world. But the public place doesn't really work unless we have the gathering place and the gathering place doesn't work unless we have the secret place. And I'm going to talk tonight about you and I developing or at least starting to get a passion to go, I really want, again, secret places, maybe a Bible way to say it, but I want a time where I meet alone with God to cultivate personal and intimate relationship with him. Mark chapter one, verse 35 through 39, it's where I want to start tonight. And we're gonna read this passage. It's uh, uh, about Jesus. Uh, Jesus had just got done doing a lot of ministry. In other words, people were flocking to him like Justin Bieber, except it was because like he had power and he was preaching the kingdom of God. He was healing people. He was casting out demons. He, he was uh, uh, ch- changing people's lives. And, and like you and I, because Jesus is a, was all the way God, but all the way man, Jesus got tired. And, and Jesus wasn't the energizer. Do you remember the, have you ever seen the Energizer Bunny commercial? Yeah. Is that still a thing? Just keeps going and going and going be, before your time. All right, great example, me and you, Caleb. Um, but Jesus wasn't the Energizer Bunny. No, no, like, like you and I, he, he, he needed rest and reset. And so he has this full day of ministry, just like draining himself. He gets a good night's sleep and we pick up in Mark 135. Now in the morning, Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he, he prayed. There he prayed. Now, now t- tonight, we're not really going to get into the mechanics of like how to have a secret place, um, but, but here's something I want to say. A secret place is not just Bible reading and journaling. Like, like this morning, I had a busy morning. I woke up late. My kids are insane. And um, so while I waited for, for an appointment, I'd had a, I was meeting with someone at a coffee shop. While I waited for my appointment, I sat in my car and I just read, read my Bible reading for the day and wrote in my journal what, what, what I thought God was speaking to me. But that wasn't really the secret place. I, I, was just, I, I just wanted, wanted to, do, to do my Bible reading. And I want you to hear the secret place is not just like, yeah, read my Bible and journal. Cool, I'm done. Jesus, he, he went out and he prayed. The, the secret place or a time with God, it's where you go and you legitimately connect with God. Like, is the Bible part of that? For sure, because God speaks through his word. But it's not just reading a couple verses, doing a quick devo on the Bible app and be like, dope, cool. Like God is loved. I, I love it. I was, I was in the secret, but no, you weren't. You read a Bible verse and you got some insight, but but, but I want you to see Jesus, he, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. There he opened up his mouth and he talked with God. 
he called out to God. We can see in other passages in the Bible that this time would have included him listening and receiving from, from, from God. The Bible says this, verse 36, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. So the disciples wake up a lot like my children and immediately they're like, where's Jesus? I feel like Jesus every morning, people, because my kids get up and they're like, Dad, like they know my wife is sleeping, but they're like, Dad, Dad, we snack and juice, snack and juice, snack, show, snack and juice. And Simon and those who were with him, they came searching for him. Snack and juice, snack and juice. Verse 37, and, and here's what they said, verse 37. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone's looking for you. Notice this because it's very similar to our life. Even, even though we would maybe not phrase it like this, how many of you know that 90% of our interactions, they're taking from us, aren't they? Even if someone's not asking something from us, we put pressure and expectations on ourselves, don't we? Say the right thing, do the right thing, look the right way. And, and they, they show up and they're not going, good morning, Jesus. Good morning. Hey, how can we, how can we serve you today? They go, hey, uh, Jesus, um, everyone is looking for you. People need you. Everyone's looking for you. Verse 38, I love this scripture. It says, but he said to them, nah, let's go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose, I have come forth. Verse 39, last one we'll, we'll read. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. We'll pause right there. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the message I want to preach is a message that I have simply titled, this. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Loud and proud. Someone just say, I just can't do it. I just just can't do it. That was praise. That was amazing. Did you hear the interaction just now? God, thank you in the name of Jesus. Let's just pray and go home. Um, I I don't know where where Isaiah went. Apparently his guitar playing was so strenuous that he, my man, he he was hiding in the back. Um, I, Isaiah, I, I needed you in your sweatshirt because you, you were going to be my, my good example. Um, I, I'm not good at math, people. Anybody, you're like me, like you're just not good at math. Like you just like you're like I'm I, I'm good with words sometimes. Like I enjoyed English, reading and writing and like articulation. Shit. It. And um, but like I've always struggled in math. And there have been so many occasions where uh, I'm I'm sitting in math class or I'm trying to do math homework, and I get so frustrated, I just want to quit. Anybody, have you ever just wanted to quit? Like, your homework is too hard, the assignment. Uh, I, I just want to prove my point. Uh, I, Isaiah, come in real quick. Um, like, if I actually thought about it, I could have got the answer right. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, uh, someone tell me, uh, what number is this? Isaac, what number is this? It's a million. Okay, thank you. Isaiah, what did I say to you before church? He goes, oh, cool, 1,000. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? That's all I wanted you here for is just to see your special. Thank you. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> but it's like, like I, I've never been good at math, and so I, I, I just, I just I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm also like this at sports. Anybody, are you really competitive? Like you don't know what takes over you, but you just want to win like at all costs? Um, I've gotten better. Uh, when we first started doing youth stuff, I was like in my early 20s and we'd be playing basketball with a bunch of sixth and seventh graders. I'd be like, ah, it's all fun and games. And then I would start losing. And it's like kids would start getting injured. 
like, I know you're 11 and I'm 22, but you will not beat me at this game. But I, I, get, I get so mad. And I, I remember one time I was playing golf and I was getting so mad because I was not playing good and I never play good. And, and I, I had a friend and he, he was the voice of reason. Do you have a voice of reason in your friend group? And, and like, you have a voice of reason? Um, how many of you, you are the voice of reason? Like you, you are that person. So we're, we're sitting there and I'm all mad. I'm like, man, stupid game. Just like the balls on the, and, and he, he goes, hey, hey. And I'm like, why are you smiling, man? He's like, hey, question for you. Do you practice a lot? No. Do, do you play a lot of golf? Not really. And he, he laughs. He goes, then why do you expect to be any good? Like, you're out here getting mad. And, like, your expectation is ridiculous. You think you're actually going to be good at something. You don't practice. You don't play. And it's like in that moment, all of a sudden it was like, oh, that's actually, that's actually true. I, I think there are so many people who love Jesus and want to follow Jesus with all their heart, but they kind of get frustrated a lot like I do at things. Be, because following Jesus, we've already covered this tonight, but it can be hard. Like here, here's one of the things that can, can be really hard about it is every one of us in this room, we know a ton of stuff. Maybe not everyone. I'm just putting it out there. I think for a lot of us, we know a ton of stuff about God. Like just show of hands, my hand's gonna go straight up, so don't feel weird about this question. But how many of you would say tonight that you know things about Jesus and about the way that Jesus wants you to live your life that if you're honest, you can be discouraged at times because you're not doing them and you don't even know how to do them or want to do them. It's like, that's... Like, that's almost everybody, not Isaiah. He is so spiritual. <laughs> I didn't even see. Um, but, like, that's all of us. And so I think as Christians, we can live sometimes with this gnawing sense of, let's just go here, um, like discouragement, frustration. Like, we, we come into times of worship, and instead of being like the Energizer Bunny, like Caleb Escalante up here, just, just like, he's like fighting someone. We're like, yeah, cool, uh, I will, uh, and, and th there's no joy bubbling up because we live with, well, we live with condemnation. We live with frustration. And, and at times, internally, externally even, we can go, I just, I just want to quit. Even if God has a great plan for my life, I don't want to do it anymore because it's hard. And I don't even fully know what to do. Yeah, I, okay, I know we should invite someone to family dinner, but like, I just, I'm just done with that. I'm here, honestly, because either my mom made me come or it's just a part of my routine now, but like, I can't, I'm not that strong. I don't have that much energy or excitement. And here, here's what I would say to everyone who feels that way or has ever felt that way for the most part, no, duh. No, duh. Be, because a lot like me sitting in this golf cart, getting mad and frustrated. My friend would be like, bro, so like how often do you practice, man? Like never? And how, uh, like you play, no. we, well, we, we don't do the things that Jesus says are required of us to do to be able to even have the power to, to do what he's asked us to do. We, we've got this impression that Jesus goes, hey guys, here, here's my plan. Here's all the things I want you to do. All right, go get them. And we think that we can do it in our own ability. 
We actually think we're strong enough. We actually think that we have enough willpower and discipline, and we could be courageous if we need, but, but let's, just, let's just be honest, we cannot. This is not in the sermon tonight, but you could write down Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and 1, verse 8. Great references, the disciples of Jesus had three years of like training and they're like ready and he goes, oh guys, no, 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 I'm so sorry. Um, you can't do this. Uh, come again? I thought you told us we like, we're supposed to, yeah, but you, you can't do it. Well, you can't do it without, without my spirit, without my power within you, helping you, enabling you. Wait for the promise of the Father. See, Jesus, he did not come to just be our savior. You know that, right? Like, yes, that was part of the reason he came. The main part of the reason is because we needed a perfect sacrifice so all of our sins could be forgiven, so we could be in relationship with God. But the other part of why he came was to give us an example. Someone say example. example. I love examples. I am on YouTube all the time looking for examples of how to cook food I do not know how to cook. Like I'm, I live for examples. This is what the Bible says, John chapter 13, verse 15. I think it's in the notes tonight. Um, if not, I'll just tell you what it says. But John 13, 15, possibly, possibly. Uh, yes, uh, Jesus said, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. This, this contextually, he's washing his disciples' feet. He's going, hey, um, P.S., like what I'm doing, just remember, I've come to give you an example so that you can look at the way that I lived my life and you can follow in the example or the pattern that I am gi giving to you. Mark 135, I, I forget what translation it is, but there is a translation and it says this, that Jesus, Mark 135, you can throw that up there again. Mark 135, it says that Jesus in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. One translation says, as was his custom. In other words, this was not a one-time thing. This was Jesus' daily routine. This was his habit. This was his custom that he would go and he would be alone with God, I want to give you four things tonight that happen when we find time to be alone with God. And I want to hopefully, by the help of the Holy Spirit, convince you why you need time with God. Number one, write this down. Our, our time with God, it gives us purpose for today and tomorrow. Purpose for today and, and tomorrow. Uh, I won't even ask you to raise your hands because I, I, I know the answer, but there are many people that go, if God does have a purpose and does have a plan for my life, I just don't fully know exactly what that is and what that looks like just, just yet. Mark, Mark 138, listen to what, what Jesus says. The disciples come and they're like, hey man, um, everyone's looking for you. Hey, uh, everyone, they are looking for you. They need you. And Jesus says, nah, let's go into the next town that I may preach there also. Listen, because for this, someone say purpose. For this purpose, I have come. The, the Bible says this in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, to give you a hope, to give you a future. Can I tell you, God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And because God is the one who has the plan, who has created the plan, God is the one, the only one who can give you that plan, who can give you that purpose. You, you and I, we cannot live life based on what other people have told us our purposes. 
We, we cannot live life based on what we think our per- We have to live our life based on what Jesus has told us our purpose is. And, and do, do you know what time with God does? When we spend time consistently with God, it's in his presence that purpose is found. The, the reason I, I phrase the point this way, purpose for today and tomorrow, because a lot of times what God does when, when, when we spend time with him is he just stirs us up to remind us who we're supposed to be today. God, God, God doesn't just go, all right, so glad that, we're, that we're, we're together this morning. I want to reveal to you, my son Caleb, in 35 years, you will find love. Like, I, I, it's like, um, he... He, he stirs us up for, for today. Notice Jesus, he came out of being alone with God, stirred up for today. Hey, Jesus, they need you. We need you. All the pressure's pulling us this way. And he goes, no, I'm, I'm stirred up and I'm clear on what my purpose is today. You, you know how you walk onto your high school, middle school campus? You know how you walk into your day? Just clear on God today, I am set. On loving you, on loving people, on adding value to people, encouraging people. I'm looking for opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. It's, it's, it's when you spend time with God. See, when we don't spend time with God, we lose direction very quickly, do we not? We lose purpose very quickly. And, and we, when we spend time with God, we get purpose. Yes, God reveals to us maybe what he has for our life, but he stirs us up for purpose for the day. Number two, write this down. J- Jesus, when we spend time with God, he gives us power for whatever. Someone say whatever. Whatever, whatever is ahead. Mark 1, 139, it says that they went into these next towns, Mark 139, and it says that he was preaching in all of their synagogues and that he was casting out demons. Do you know who knows what is coming tomorrow at 2 p.m.? God does. Do you know who knows what conversation you're going to find yourself in later in the day? God does. Do you know who knows the circumstance and situation that's going to hit you like a ton of brick? God does. God knows what is in front of us. And what God does is he gives us the power and the strength and the encouragement. He gives us from his word things that we need. So we are prepared with power from God for what's coming ahead. But so many of us, we get blindsided. We find ourselves in conversations, in situations, circumstances, situations. We we find ourselves balled up in anxiety, not knowing what to do because we haven't been freshly filled with power, with what we need from God for what is ahead of us. I just, I I just, I I can't do it. I just feel like I want to quit. Yeah, because you lack the power and the ability in your own strength. To, to keep saying yes to whatever Jesus asks you to do, which is why we need the power and the strength of God. Did you know that Jesus did not do anything in his own power? That Jesus, he did every single thing. We're gonna talk, by, by the way, you should come to church Sunday. We're talking about our need for the Holy Spirit Sunday. I'm preaching, I'm really excited about it. If you don't love my preaching, then just believe God's gonna speak to you anyways and you should still come on Sunday. We're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit. We're partly talking Sunday about the reality that Jesus, you, you can't separate him from the Holy Spirit. Jesus was conceived in his mother's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus was freshly filled and everything he said or did, he goes, I, did, I don't do anything in my own power or ability. It's all the spirit of God. Why do we think we have more strength than, than Jesus does in ourself? Well, I know Jesus needed God's power, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good though. Like, honestly, I'm pretty disciplined and I feel like I have a lot of courage. We, we don't. And we go to the secret place to receive power for what is ahead. Number three, write this down. Purification of heart and motive. I, I, I know that I'm stretching this one a little bit, but I want to show you something that I, I saw in, in, in reading this that I, I've never seen before. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. I want to start at, at the beginning, and I want to re- re- read you this section. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before the daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Number th- uh, Verse 36. Verse 36, verse 36. And Simon and those who were with him, they searched for him. Verse 37. And they found him and they said to him, everyone's looking for you. Pause. Jesus is faced first thing in the morning with the pull of other people. Do you know what we are faced with every single day? The pull of culture, are we not? The pull of peer pressure, are we not? The pull of, well, this is what everyone is doing. The, the, and, and like I'm, I, I know peer pressure is real, but, but, but can I tell you what we're, we're faced with more than anything? It's not the peer pressure of like, yeah, but Brandon, like everyone was doing heroin in first block. Like, I just had to. It's like that's not like most likely not happening. But what we, what we get pulled with is the pressure of like, yeah, but everyone thinks this way. Yeah, but like everyone views life this way. Like, Brandon, I know it's not a big deal. Like, it's just, like, come on. Like, we're teenagers. We do dumb things. Like, everyone in, and we're pulled, are we not? By culture, by friends, by influence, by, by this feeling like if I just, if I, but if I don't think and I don't do and I don't live life like everyone else, somehow I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss it. And we're pulled. But I want you to notice something. Mark chapter 1, verse 38. Listen to what it says. Mark 1, 38. But he said to them, but he said to them, can I tell you that we, we should live with a, but, but I'm saying kind of mentality. The Bible says Joshua, that Joshua said, you, you do what you want. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Why was it that Jesus was able to go, no, like I'm going this way, even though you're pulling me this way because he had clarity from God, did he not? Because he had a heart that was freshly renewed to what God was saying. You, you can go back and you can read Luke chapter 4. It's where Jesus is in the wilderness fasting for 40 days. We'll do a little Bible trivia real quick. Every time the enemy came and tempted him, anyone in the room, can you tell me what Jesus used to c- combat temptation? Miss Anna. He used God's word. How, how is it that we are able to combat the pull of culture and influence and even our own thoughts that if I don't, then somehow I'm going it's, to, it's being renewed in the presence and the power and the word of God. Here's the Bible says, Hebrews 4.12. Listen to what it says. Hebrews 4.12 says, but the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Has anybody ever been talking to you before and you hear the words coming out of their mouth, but you know that their motivation is, is, is off? Mm-hmm. The, the, the other day, my, 
seven-year-old Evelyn, she flat lied to my face. Maybe she didn't, but I feel like she was definitely making up a story. Here, here's how the story went. She, we, she's like, we, who, they were like, we have, we have dessert tonight. And so I'm like, yeah, we could have, like, you can have uh, ice cream sandwiches. That's what we had. And they were like these mini ice cream sandwiches. And so everyone got a mini ice cream sandwich. And Evelyn walks over and she's like, Dad, can I tell you a story? I'm like, yeah, sure. I remember one time when I was at school, we all had cookies. But they were really small cookies. And the teacher said, hey, guys, these cookies are so small. It's probably a good idea that we have like two or three of them because they're so small. What do you think about that, Dad? What, like, what do you, what do you, and, I, and I said, Evelyn, are you telling me this story because you think the ice cream sandwich is small? And so you said, she's like, no, but it is small though. So what do you, it's like, I, I hear your words, but, but I know your, your motivation. You know what I love about God's word and about being in God's presence is that God already knows. Like, God knows what's really going on in your heart. God knows your crooked motivation. Like, God knows your fear. He knows your insecurity. God knows your willingness and, un- like, God knows. Here's what the Bible says, that when we spend time with God, when we, when we go to God's word and we get in God's presence, that God, he opens us up and he starts doing surgery on the inside. He knows and the secret place is, well, it's where, it's where the purification of heart begins to happen, where we get realigned to the, the, the ways and the word of God to, to the point that there's a pastor named Wayne Cordero and he says it this way, so that we can discern between the worthless and the precious. So that at every turn in life, we, we know this, no, this, this is not good. This is it's a purification of heart. Number four, write this down. We're, we're, we end with this. But... When we spend time in the secret place, it gives us the potential to lead. The potential to lead. How, how many of you would agree with this statement that if someone has no idea where they are going, they're not a good candidate to be the driver? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Hey, I, like, hey, can, 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 can I drive? Do you know where we're going? No. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, do, do, do you know the way? Uh-uh. Do you know the name of the restaurant? Uh, no. Can, can I drive? Like, you, you don't have the ability to lead, to, to point other people in a direction if you yourself are not clear on that direction. I, I know we've already read it, but indulge me. Let me read this one more time. Mark 135, we'll read it all the way through one more time. Booth, you can just keep up with me. We're going to read straight through. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Verse 36, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, snack and juice, snack and juice. Verse 37, And he said, everyone's looking for you. Verse 38, I want you to notice this little phrase. But he said to them, let us go. 
into the next town that I may preach there also because for this purpose I, I have come forth. N- notice, this with, w- w- notice this with me. It says, but he said to them, let us. What, what he didn't say is, okay, well, like you guys just, you know, just help the best you can. I got to go. No. He said, yeah, 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 I, I, I get that. But hey, what, what God's called us to do move this direction. Hey, hey, hey guys, I, I was just spending time alone with the Father and what God's called us to do is go in this direction. Do, do you know why I believe with all of my heart? I mean all my heart. I don't care how many Bible degrees someone has. I don't care. Well, I, that's not true. I was going to say if they were in the throne room of God, they, they might have more credibility then. But like, you just can't convince me that every single person who's called upon the name of Jesus is not a leader. Well, well, hold on, Brandon. I'm not leading anybody. Yeah, I know. But do you know how things work works in God's kingdom? God gives you identity before you even begin to walk in that identity. Go, go, go look it up. Hebrews 10, 14. It says, by one offering, he has forever perfected those who are still being made holy. Why does God call me perfect, call me righteous, call me justified when I'm still figuring it out? Because God gives you identity and then calls you to walk into that identity. And you know why I believe every single person in this room is called by God to be a leader? Because leadership is not title. Leadership is not position. Leadership is not authority. Leadership is recognizing that you have influence and that God has placed you places to use that influence. What does Matthew 28, 19 through 20 say? Go into your world and help people go the direction of God. What does 2 Corinthians 5, 5, 20 say? We are all ambassadors of Christ being used by God to implore the world to, to move his direction. Do, do you know what leadership looks like more than what I'm doing? Like this is a form of leadership. Oh, he's got a title. He's, he's the pastor. He's the CEO. That's the boss. Oh, they, they have a platform there. That's, like, that's part of it. But can I tell you what the, the much larger scope of leadership really is in God's kingdom? It's, it's what we just read. Hey, let us go this direction. Hey, man, I know, like, I know that would be like a really fun thing to do. And I know everyone's going, but man, come on, like you, you know that's not a good place to be. And you know that God has called us to, to live at a higher standard. Hey man, let us go this direction. Man, I know everyone is talking bad about this person because they're an idiot. And I know that they, like it's just, ah, but hey man, like God's called us to encourage and add value. Let us go this direction instead. Like leadership is not you standing up on your lunch table being like, all right, guys, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. Please, please stop eating tater tots and listen to me. It's eternity we're talking about, okay? There's tater tots in hell, but they're not very good, okay? Um, No, leadership is you every day, as often as you can, getting up in the morning and going and just being with God. Maybe it's, it's in, in the car on your, your way to school. If you're driving by yourself, you just put the radio on and put some worship music on. Maybe it's you kneeling down by your bed. Maybe it's you finding a space in your neighborhood where you walk, but it's you going to say, God, I just need to be with you. 
God, I need you. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen for your voice. I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to receive from you. God, I'm going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to get stirred up for the purpose you have for me today. Oh God, I know that I'm not like a pastor or a preacher, but God, I'm your ambassador. And I'm going to school today. I'm going to work today. I'm going into this place today. And oh God, you want to use me. There's people who are hurting and broken and they need your love and your life. God, I can't do it. So I'm here, yes, to get reminded of my purpose, but God, because I need your power. God, fill me today. Fill me with your spirit today, God. Give me the power. Give me the strength today, God. Give me wisdom. Give me eyes to see. God, help my heart to be pure. What does Jesus say when you pray? He he said, when when you pray, you should pray, God, lead me not into temptation today. Jesus says, part part of your time with God, it's saying, God, purify my heart. God, I want to honor you. I want to serve you. Purify me. One of my prayers, as often as I pray, is God, search me. And just like squeeze out of me like a sponge anything that's not right. God, any sin that I have, any just bad attitudes, God, just, just keep on squeezing my life and squeeze out of me that which is not pleasing to you. And, and the, the reason my last point is that it gives you the potential to lead. Because all of us, your identity right now is God has called you to be a leader. I, I will argue with you all day about that. You are, you are a called leader of God in his kingdom and God wants to use you. And we get potential to lead when, we, well, when we're coming out of the secret place, stirred up and reminded of our purpose, full of the power of God, our heart being, being purified, knowing the direction that God's leading us, the direction God's taking us, so that every opportunity, we have the ability, the potential to go, hey, I know, man, everyone's going this way, but let us go this way. Really, that's leadership, right? Leadership is simply saying, hey, follow me. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Leadership is going, hey, like, I'm... I'm giving my whole life to Jesus and I would love to help you to know who he is and what that means. Why don't, let us go this direction. But it all starts where it all starts in the secret place. I know it's 8, 8, 12. Kimberly, will you come and play? And, and I, I, I want to close with a, with a story and I don't intend it to be funny, but it may be funny. It may not be funny. I don't know. Um, but but I, I was thinking about this whole idea of spending time with God in the secret place. And, and I was just thinking about how awkward it can be when, when you're starting to spend time with God. Am I the only one that when you haven't spent time with God in a long time, you feel a little bit like uncomfortable going to spend time with God? Like, is that just me? And, and, and I was kind of getting ready for tonight and I thought about the first time I ever called Jenny on the phone. I know I'm old, I get it, but we didn't have cell phones. So my wife gave me her home phone number, 803-547-5984. Wow. <laughs> it's because I called her a lot. And I, I remember calling her like in fear and trepidation. And here was my thought. I, Please, her dad, don't answer the phone. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer the phone. I don't want to talk to your dad. I don't want to talk to your dad. I just want to. And... Hi, th- uh, th- this is, um, uh, um, hey, uh, <laughs> Sir, nice to, um, hey, sir, um, is Jenny home? And 
I can remember how awkward it was to talk on the phone. I didn't know what to talk about. Cool, so like, you gave me your number. It's pretty sweet. So what are you doing? Homework, cool. Sweet. Well, uh, and I, 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 don't, I don't know, it's, just, it's weird. But then I just think like, you know, we're, we start dating and how progressively I have the number memorized because progressively we would talk on the phone and it was just so natural, just so comfortable. Like you, we all have those people that we, we, we get with them and it's like we talk about nothing but we talk about everything. We have no agenda but somehow we always find ourselves like you know, in a pointed conversation. Why? Be, because it's experience, it's history. And I'm just telling you, like God, He is arms wide open. He's not looking for you to have time with Him that looks a certain way. Oh, sorry, meeting over. Eh, wrong posture of heart. One knee, really? How about you get on both knees, buddy, if you're going to pray to me? See, see it's, not, it's not God. And can I just encourage you? You just got to start spending time with God. I don't know how to pray. You just start. I, I, I don't really know like how to read the Bible. You just start. I don't really know like when I'm like, like what do I write? But you just start. You just start. And you just start in that uncomfortable, uh, is, um, is Jenny, you just start in that phase going, I don't know, like it's weird, it's uncomfortable, I feel kind of awkward, but, but my heart wants to pursue this person. So God, even though this is kind of uncomfortable, it's kind of weird, I just, my heart wants to want you. God, I want to know you. I, I, God, I need healing in my heart. I need to be whole. God, I need your purpose and I need your power. I, we just, we just I, God, I need you. I'm desperate for you. And so I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to start. I remember I had a Bible college teacher and I'll, I'll say this and then I'll pray. Um, her, 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 her name was Miss Miles. And she was teaching a class about prayer and worship. And, and I'll never forget, she said, you know what I did when I was learning how to pray and worship? She said, like, she's real old, for real. She set one of those timers. She didn't have an iPhone. She had a little, like a little kitchen timer. She said, I'd set a timer. And I set a timer for five minutes. And I said, God, I'm going to pray and worship you for five minutes five minutes felt like they were five hours. I don't know what else to say, but I made a deal. I'm not going to stop praying and worshiping you five minutes. So then slowly I just said, I'm going to go 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30. And she just, she said, little by little, I just learned how to spend time with God. Not because someone was telling me, well, this is how you do it. Oh, it's not the right way. No, no, that, that's not. See, I, I think where a lot of us have gotten like lost in spending time with God is we're trying to spend time with God like someone else spends time with God. We're trying to have a personal relationship the way that someone else has a personal, it's, it's a personal relationship. And you, you, you just have to find the posture of heart that works for you. Are there things the Bible says for sure? And we should definitely pay attention to those but the heart of it. Like what you don't see in Mark 135, and, and, and I think it's kind of like on purpose. Jesus went out, it was 4.30 a.m. on the dot. He had an espresso, he went out, he did 10 minutes of worship, 10 minutes of intercession, 
10 minutes of calling out for the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he read for 30 minutes, he journaled for 15, and then he was good to go. It's, yeah, he, what do we get? He went out and prayed. What was his custom? He got up early, he made it a priority, and he just went and spent time with God. And in that place, he, 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 he was set for the purpose he had. He was filled with the power of God. His heart was purified day by day unto walking for God. And he was, he, he was full of the potential everywhere he went to say, let us go this direction. Why? Because he'd been, he'd been with God. When we get in the secret place and we're in the gathering place and we're stirring each other up because we've been in the secret place, then we have the ability to go into the public place in the world that God's called us to. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.